It always feels weird when it turns on. I'm like, uh, it's begun. <laughs> like now people are listening. Now, now everything I say has to be re-listened to and maybe, <laughs> maybe cut out. And yeah, generations shall hear what you say from here on out <laughs> that I don't cut out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I sure hope you leave enough in that. I sound silly, so you know, which is okay. That's good. Like it, I, I should sound silly because I, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode seventeen. If you want, I could cut everything that makes you sound silly and uh, be a really weird edits. Then we'd have no podcast. <laughs> then there'd be only there. Then there'd be only your podcast. And so, you know, let's just not me do that. talking into the abyss. <laughs> to the void, yes. And yes. then laughing to myself occasionally. Indeed, indeed. Cracking funny <laughs> jokes that are only funny to, to no one because you're missing half of it and, you know, all the good stuff. <laughs> That's true. All right. So, follow up. First round of follow up that I did an hour ago. Okay. I made myself a cake bowl. Oh, man. <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> It has happened. The cake bowl has landed. I was going to put it in a bowl, and then there was no bowls because we haven't done the dishes in like two days. And we <laughs> we got some trick cereal, and that has been using a lot of the bowls. We don't normally eat cereal around this house, so you know. So instead, I pulled out my uh, fall in love with you mug, and, <laughs> and <laughs> that's okay. A mug is a reasonable replacement. It. For this item it it was pretty good it was pretty good. It, i think it would have been better in a bowl but that's okay okay I, I i followed the directions exactly well pretty pretty exactly it's kind of hard cake is is kind of a hard substance i didn't get out a spoon and i didn't like specifically measure it i figured i'd be okay so so yeah. I, I i put the cake i put the water to your wife's specifications good and then i microwaved it exactly as uh, well, before I put it in the microwave, I turned to my wife and I was like, "Hey, you think this is gonna like? You think this is like big enough? Like, do you think it's gonna like expand and flow out of the mug?" <laughs> and she was like, "No, nah, it should be fine." And I was like, "Okay." So we threw it in the microwave, and at about twenty seconds left, I looked at it, and it was all over the mug. So you know, <laughs> it worked great. It worked I see. great. <laughs> that is a slight issue. <laughs> So my next question for you and your wife is, is the recipe ratio compatible? Like, can I reduce the ratio of things appropriately? I would imagine that would be the case. I can't see why not. And does the cooking time change for how much I vary my ratios is my second question regarding that. I don't know. But given the fact that you weren't measuring anything else very carefully, I imagine you could probably (laughs) adjust that to your liking and you should be fine (laughs) got it got it okay okay seems a little hypocritical my friend that you ask for all these specific directions and then you didn't bother (laughs) to uh, measure exactly (laughs) well because like 
I mean, like, I pulled out a measure. Like, I used a measuring cup, you know. I didn't I didn't just, like, oh, yeah, I, I give me the specifications and then just, like, pour it all in there, you know. I, I measured it. I just, I was a little sloppy with my cake mix measuring because cake mix is, like, flour where you have to spoon it out into the cup. So I think, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. One of my cups was a little light and one of my cups was a little heavy. And so, like, I don't know. I see, I see. But. Okay, that's not as reckless as I was seeing in my mind when you were doing this process. Yeah. You're just seeing the Swedish chef just throwing cake mix all over the place is what you're seeing. That is not what I did. You just spilled it all over the table as you're pouring it in. Yeah, yeah that yeah. looks good. Why not? Right, right. No, no, no. I was, I was, see, because cause if you just like, oh, you put some cake mix and some water in a bowl, you're like, what do you... What, what, what do you mean? Like, do I put half and half? Like, it could go horribly wrong. And so I was following the directions. Don't you worry. Okay. Okay. I'm glad to hear. Um, it was it was warm. And I pulled it out. And then I got a spoon. And I ate some. Okay. And then I, I had my wife try a little bit. And let me tell you, the texture was so far from what I expected. Really? I don't know what I expected. But, like, I was just like, huh. And my wife was like, this tastes like a cloud. A cake-flavored cloud. <laughs> I was like, yes. That's a pretty good description. I like that. <laughs> right? It's perfect. It's, that's exactly what, like, the texture is what threw me off the most. Because it's like, cake has a very cakey texture. It's like, it's like structured and kind of crumbly. And, but like, when you do it this way, it's just so smooth. Like, it's just, that was the only word that came to mind was like smooth. It was like smooth in my mouth. I was like, mm, this is good. <laughs> so, oh, good. It was delightful. And then my next thought was like, I don't know what manner of which craftery this is, but it is delightful. Um, <laughs> and and then I tried it with ice cream because we have some ice cream. My cute wife bought some yesterday and it was delightful. I don't know if I like it better with or without ice cream yet. It needs to go for a couple more rounds. Okay. It's, like, <laughs> it's like an amazing way to make cake, though. Like, I'm like, ah, yeah, just you just make cake. Like, it's done. Like, I don't have to go through the whole bother of getting out a bowl and all the stuff mixing it up throwing it in a tin throwing it in the oven make sure the oven's preheated you know nonsense all of that is nonsense compared to this beautiful method i am so excited <laughs> to see what you come up with my friend i can't think of a better item to give to you and let you just play with it's kind of like handing a baby a little toy and they just kind of chew on it and you know, throw it all over the place. Yeah. I'm excited to see where you take cake bowls from here because you'll use it for all sorts of uses that I could have never imagined. Indeed. I don't know anyone else with your t kind of taste that could take it as far as I will see you take it someday. Someday we will see. I, I, I appreciate it so much. I, I think it's, I think it's a perfect, like it's, I don't like a cold, rainy, lazy, don't want to do anything day. Like that's what it's perfect for. Although I have to say, I did try also try it with milk thinking hmm, maybe, you know, sometimes milk is a good compliment for baked goods. So I poured some milk in the, in the mug. Oh my gosh. It was horrible. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> I could tell almost as soon as I poured the milk in that it was going to be bad. Sort of like a Oreo crumbly milk that, except Oreo milk can taste good. But I can see what you're saying, though. It wouldn't, right. it wouldn't quite work. You remove right. all the cloud texture, <laughs> and then you just have kind of lumpy cake bits. In you there. get like, yeah, it's like, it turns it from like, it turns it from like this weird like angel food cake 
delightful thing to all of a sudden now it's like blended oatmeal like it's like the wrong texture all of a sudden like it's really fine you know it's smooth still but it's like it's like mush it's like oh yeah i undid everything that the microwave did you know so it's no good no good <laughs> but thank you my well, friend good. for introducing i'm glad this was tables. a pleasant experience for you <laughs> I was, in my heart of hearts, I was hoping that it was actually just going to be horrible and everything was going to go wrong <laughs> and I could, like, blame you. But, you know, it didn't It didn't work out that way. So <laughs> I have another good thing in my life. Oh, no. My life is hard sometimes, but that's okay. <laughs> Years from now, we'll just have some amazing confectionery item that had root in cake bowls that you yes. invent. And my children will partake of it and they'll be like, Daddy, where did this amazing, delicious gift from heaven come from? And I'll be like, well, children, it comes from your adopted Uncle Aaron. <laughs> oh, no. You mean the crazy one that lives on the mountain? Yeah, yeah that yeah, one. That one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. The babbling one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that lives in the cave with his wood shop? <laughs> Yep, that one. That's the one. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear these things. It is It is good. My life is better for it. So, next round of follow-up is I watched Tangled. Oh, really? And Frozen... T- I know I watched Tangled, and I can't remember if I watched either of the Frozen after we talked last. Okay. But I watched them all again, and I have thoughts, many, many thoughts. <laughs> That's probably an understatement. I... <laughs> Dear listeners, I go see the notes for today's podcast, and Aaron has many, many thoughts listed. I didn't even read all of them because there was too many listed. <laughs> so I'm excited to see where this goes. Well, see, so so my notes, okay, spoiler warning, we're talking about Tangled, Frozen, and Frozen 2. Okay, everyone, good. Okay, if you don't want to listen, then leave, please, so that I don't ruin anything for you. <clears throat> so, the way I did my, my thoughts was, I, I was watching the movie, and since I was in my home, I had my phone out, and I was just taking notes as they came to my head. All in all, still a highly enjoyable movie. Love that movie. I have never looked at it with as critical of a gaze as I I did this last time. So I enjoyed it less because I was being more critical, Mm. but interesting. So I want to know before I start in with these notes, I want to hear your summary of how you feel about tangled. So I think the best way of thinking about tangled is a similar experience you described Mm -hmm. last time on frozen. I think we talked about this a little bit, but if you think about, a lot of the Disney movies that came out before Tangled, you really can't think of many because they were all pretty <laughs> terrible. <laughs> There's really like a big gap in my mind mm-hmm. from like Emperor's New Groove to Tangled. Mm-hmm. None of the Disney cartoons were really that good. There was Chicken Little and Home on the Range and like those stories were okay, but they weren't like classic Disney, you know? Right. There was a lot of good Pixar movies before they had kind of done that merge. But in my mind, there was like this like gap. And up until that point, I had just like decided that a a good Disney movie would never come out ever again. What? (laughs) I just kind of decided like, oh, the the good old days, they're gone. Whether it's just studio quality or me aging and longing for nostalgia. Yeah. Surely no good Disney movie will come along again. Oh, man. That's the rough starting point of my opinion, right? The cynical nature going into watching Tangled. 
And when I went to go see it, it just had every aspect of the classic Disney movies, similar to Hercules mm-hmm. yeah. and Mulan and Beauty and the Beast, etc. It was funny. It had characters that you could connect with. It had a good storyline. It had good music. And it's a tired, beaten, old formula. But for me, it works. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Yes. And just the fact that it stayed so consistent to a, the old style of doing a movie. Okay. Okay. I think that's the quickest summary I could give. I, I, that's amazing. I think you're totally right. That's great. <laughs> I, I just like, I totally agree. You know, it's like, yeah, I can't really think of anything before Tangled that was like sweet, you know, something that like really struck a chord with me. I remember Tangled was really good, you know, real, real good. Right. And, oh, I've never heard thoughts so down on Disney in that manner before. I just, <laughs> it's just never come up, you know, it's just, they're never going to make a good movie again. I'm not allowed to say that anymore, but. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean. It, They'll find me. The mouse will find you. He'll get you. <laughs> you don't upset the mouse. Big M. You better watch out. <laughs> okay. So. It's actually been so long since I saw Tangled last. I, like, it feels like a really long time. Like, I was watching it. I was like, man, it's been a long time since I saw this movie. Right. Do you just want all the thoughts that I wrote down? Or do you just... I think that's the best point because I can't think of specifics that we want to talk about until you bring them up. With Frozen, it was easier because you liked it and I didn't and right. Ratchet or some Frozen <laughs> right, too. Right. So that one was easy to debate, but I'm not quite sure where your full standing is on Tangled yet. So I think getting into the specifics will help. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll start. I'll start with the. I'll start with the end in mind actually, because my wife and I finished the movie and we were both like, you know what. My my wife brought up a fabulous point. She said that it's not really fair to compare the two movies. If you want to take Tangled and Frozen, like she said, she she said it's not really fair to compare them. And after watching Tangled again, I agree that it's not. Hmm. They're not a good comparison because they do different things well, and there's no point. You know, there's not a lot of benefit to be brought up by just like straight comparing them. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Right, right. Well, that was kind of, she said that, and I kind of, I agree with her, and that that kind of colors my thoughts throughout the movie, but it's a great movie. One of my favorite parts is when she's she's putting uh, Flynn Rider in the closet, and she's got all the different ways to put him in. Oh, <laughs> yes. I was cracking up, I was dying. It's so funny. Just one of those very natural types of humor that everyone can relate to. Right, right. Trying to put something in a <laughs> closet that doesn't fit. And this time it happens to be a right, right. man. <laughs> well, and I have to say, people are heavy, okay? <laughs> are you speaking from experience? <laughs> I am. I am indeed. <laughs> Whenever you have to pick up somebody, you realize that they're actually pretty heavy. No matter how small they may be. Like, <laughs> 100 pounds is a yes, lot of true. weight. Like, that's a lot of mass, <laughs> you know? And so, like, yes. especially, like, a, a floppy, like, knocked out guy. Oh, man, it's hilarious watching her try to put him in the closet. Uh, <laughs> some of the things that I think are best about Tangled is, like, I mean, basically the whole moral of the story. Like, this highly toxic relationship that she has with her mom. Her mom. Mom in, in air quotes. Mm-hmm. With the witch or whatever. Right. Um, the crazy lady. 
I think it's really good that they made a movie like that because the movies movies have a good way of putting things clearly. You know, you can you can take a movie and you can simplify a lot of things down to make it obvious. Right. And that's I, that's kind of how I feel is what happened in this movie. You know, they they simplify this toxic relationship that she has with her her supposed mom, and I. I'm like really glad that they did that because that's a hard relationship to understand that it is highly toxic. You know, those relationships in real life, you know, when people actually have those problems, it's, it's, it's really hard for people to understand that and to see that. And I think it's, I'm really glad that they, I'm really glad that that's in there and that they did that so well. I thought they did that just fabulously. Right. Bringing up that point. I've never thought about this until you've brought this up, actually. But that scene where she keeps going back on for- back and forth on whether she should go back. Yeah. And she's like, I'm never going home. And, like, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's a very comedic scene. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. It's it's accurate to that depiction of those types of relationships are hard because it's not just, a, oh, yeah, I'm so glad I'm done with that. You do have that internal battle because you do care about people, even if they are in that toxic relationship. Right. They do a good job of portraying that in a very natural and real way, but in the funny way as well. Yeah, yeah. I I thought, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's like the deepest thought I ever thought I would hear about Tangled. <laughs> that, <laughs> this is going way deeper than I was expecting. Oh, that's good. Cause... I thought you were going to say, like, the the horse is funny. You the know? horse. <laughs> like I, I wasn't expecting these deep inner thoughts from you on this. <laughs> this is good. I'm, I'm glad. I actually really like the ho- he's so funny maximus that's the one yes <laughs> did you have any more thoughts on talking animals after watching this in our previous discussion <laughs> i just i can feel an eternal battle <laughs> going on inside you well see i watched it and like the whole time i'm watching it and all the things are happening like every time they do it i'm like that was good that was well done you know and they, and they do it really well throughout the whole movie like None of it's really too bad, I think. Except for one one part I don't get. And one part that I think should have been left out. But for most of the movie I thought, yeah, this is this is great. And then it like again it like compounds the struggle inside my brain of like so if I think it's okay, then what's my problem with it? It's like, well I don't know. <laughs> like maybe it's just too much. Like maybe it's like they just do it a little too much. Like there's there's two animals in this movie and they're both very much like they they layer it on, you know, they really they they're people, you know, they they're people for for all anyone cares and they act like people. Right. You said there was one part that you didn't understand. Oh, one part it's too much that I, for you. I don't like. I just I did not like it. I thought it was a bad bad artistic choice. Um it's the last scene. It's it's at the very end. Um it's right after Flynn cuts Rapunzel's hair and right. the mom's starting to like crumble away. You know, she's just like gone, like she's a goner, you know? And it's right. obvious that the years of living off of this, this power are catching up to her all at once. And so she's just, she's like screaming and flailing and it's like a really scary scene. Right. But not, not, not like, like too scary you know like after watching the movie i'm kind of like finally like we're getting rid of her like we're finally getting rid of this person because they're a horrible person you know she's she's just being a bad bad human you know but then she's and she's backing up like towards the window and you're like oh yeah she's gonna fall out the window 
And then the lizard trips her, like pulls like some of Rapunzel's now cut hair tight and trips her out the window. Hmm. And that's the one moment where I'm like, you know, guys, you shouldn't done that. Like, I just, I, I had clearer thoughts when I watched it, but I was like, this isn't, this isn't like, I don't, this isn't a funny part. Like, and we don't need to make it less like tense. Cause it's not too tense. Like I'm not feeling it. You know, it's not, it doesn't feel too intense and it's not like it's funny. You know, it doesn't add any humor for right. me. I've never thought about that yeah. one either. But yeah, that, that's totally true. I forgot about that. And it's just, it's like, why'd you guys, why'd he trip her? You know, like she was going anyway, you know, it's, it's just as, especially the fun loving animal, you know, that's not really in their nature. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you know, and, and like, hmm. she was obviously going out the window, you know, there's a ledge on the window. And so like, yeah, she's going to trip and fall out. Like they could have done that and gotten rid of that whole, like two second scene. Like, just nix that whole thing. Or she could have just tripped on the hair regardless. Yeah. Just because her hair is heavy. Sli- you know? Yeah, slip a little bit. You know, hair hair is kind of, you know, I assume it's slippery. I don't know. And that quantity, I assume it's it's like kind of a tangle. And she, she could she could have gotten tangled up in it. And then just, like, it just trips her, you know. I, I Yeah. I think it would have been less, like, lighthearted. But I think that was a bad time to add something lighthearted in, you know. It's like yeah. we're finally getting rid of the demon that's torturing Rapunzel, you know, and I think it should be a moment of like, should be somber. Yeah, of not seriousness. necessarily sad, but somber. Yeah, and... right. Because I mean, <laughs> a a deep moment in the movie. Right, right. Because that's and that's what it's followed up with. Before that, Flynn is dying. And he cuts Rapunzel's hair knowing that he's going to die because of it. Right. And so it's really serious. You know, this is a very serious moment in the movie. And then, and then there's like this little silliness put in there. And then we're back to, we're back to Flynn dying. You know, it's like, let's not make light of the villain dying. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's just as sad that someone else has to die. But if that's the way that we free someone, then that's how it is. You know, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Again, the most deep and intricate <laughs> detail I could have ever imagined for this movie. I think this just shows part of the things about good movies in general mm-hmm. is we're really good at picking out the bad parts of movies we don't like. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's really good at that. I might be particularly good at that. <laughs> but... Especially Disney movies, I think it is. I think that was one of the things I liked about it, mm-hmm. is because it felt so much like a nostalgic Disney movie, mm-hmm. the analytical part of my brain turned off, and I just watched it for what it was. Yeah. And like I didn't critique it as much as I usually do. Right. But as you point out a lot of these things, I'm like, yeah, that really wasn't doesn't really fit, or there are moments I could be analyzing more, but I think I never have, because my right. brain has just accepted that this is nostalgic Disney and thus i should not be critiquing it it's it's the power of the mouse as we have talked about yeah 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 i I can't put it better that's why i feel like this watch through was different than any other watch through because i was watching it with a critical eye rather than just enjoying it for the movie that it was that was the problem with the first time i watched frozen 2 is it's like i was being too critical of it i enjoyed the movie a lot more 
if I don't care about all the all the nitty nitpicky weird little stuff, and I just I just enjoy the movie, you know, just enjoy it, right? And love the good parts that it that it that it does really well, you know. So, well, and that's the thing I like about Tangle compared to Frozen, at least for me, is that that balance, though I will say, of like just enjoying the movie and taking it for what it yeah. is, it's very easy to fall out of that. Yeah. If there are moments that don't feel right or things that just upset you in the way that they're done, they're different than the formula, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then my brain will instantly jump back into critique mode. Right. And then suddenly I'm much more critical of the things that are going on, even if for all intents and purposes they've been the same as the previous parts of the movie. Right. Yes. And that's probably why I didn't like Frozen is because I was constantly trying to accept it and then I'd find something I didn't like, and I'd go back into critique mode. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this feedback loop of, oh, now this is terrible. This is yeah, terrible. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm finding more and more things I don't like about it. Yes, no, I agree 100%. Because that ties directly into another set of experiences that I was going to talk about today about movies. And particularly about why Frozen, the first Frozen movie struck me so much as, a, as an interesting good movie. And how that relates to other movies. It's like, that is exactly why these things happen. It, it's, it's like balancing on the edge of a curb. Like, no one, no, nothing goes wrong if you fall off. But it's still a little bit hard. And you still fall off often, you know? I don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know. And you're much more irritable if you fall right, off. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's like the first time you fall off, it's harder to accept it, especially when it's new. And, and also something that is similar to what you love. Right. That's, I, I can't, I I have no better words than you have said, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. That You've opened my eyes to much more than I thought we were going to find in Tangled <laughs> and in Frozen and all this. Probably the most insightful journey about myself has come from these past two episodes. <laughs> this episode and the last one. <laughs> That's so true. Oh. The listeners just get to hear us finding our inner selves yes. as we're <laughs> explaining Disney movies. Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Another thought that I had, I'm always one for serious, like I'm always one for, up for like the movie taking itself too seriously. Like I love that. I, lo- I love when a movie takes itself very seriously and it doesn't crack a lot of jokes. Like I love that. It, I don't, I don't always love it, but it's, you know, it's, it's what I strive for. If it's well done. It it fits. I yeah, agree. Yeah. One thing for Tangled was the king and queen. I think they did the king and queen perfectly. Like I would not have changed anything about what they did for the king. Like number one, they never talk. Like not once do they talk. Mm. And I think that is such a good choice. Like such a good choice because they shouldn't talk. You know, it's like everything that they have is expressed through wordless glances and it, right. it just kills me to 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 see them like that you know because there's not words to say you know they don't have anything to say to each other right they know what they're thinking and they they just both feel really sad at one part and really happy at another you know it's just i i think they did the king and queen absolutely perfectly it's interesting that you say that because if you think about it they really kind of embody both extremes of terrible loss and incredible joy from those two moments that you really see them in the movie on both sides. Yeah. 
And neither of those moments, like you said, really have good words to describe them. So why bother trying to give them lines or anything to describe their their pain and their joy? Yeah. That's a really cool insight. I like that. I just I give them a 10 out of 10 for that. I love that there was an original song for the credits. That's just that's one thing that Frozen's been doing where they are just doing like punk covers and and pop covers of of their songs for the for the opening credit song and i think that's a bad (laughs) choice just because like the the credit song like is like i don't know it's like part of the movie for me you know that first that first right that first few lines of text and that the, the, the you know the first few notes played right after the movie ends so important this is especially true for you, my friend, because <laughs> I've never seen anyone sit in a theater for so long just staring blankly in front of them. Not even really watching the credits, just pondering on the movie and letting it soak in yeah, well... <laughs> before they leave the theater. It is an interesting experience to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, if you ever get a chance to watch a movie in a theater with Aaron, take it. <laughs> no matter what the price is, pay it. This is something you'll want to do in your life. I just get so invested. The theater is the perfect environment to watch a movie in. Like, it's just, it's perfect. Like, even even sometimes with all the people. Like, as long as all the people are, like, keep keep their mouths shut, it's great. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> movie theaters are the, my favorite way to watch movies, always. Like, something about the sound and the way the, way the picture is and, and just the feeling of going out and seeing a movie. Oh, it's just it's great. It's great. So your least favorite experience then is when people actually clap at the end of the movie then. Because <laughs> I hate that too. I'm like, who are you clapping for? No one's going to hear you. I know, same. I'm like, I don't care if you liked the movie. I'm never going to talk to you. Don't clap. Like, don't let me clap. Shh. You all just shh. But see, this is another thing where, like, I feel strongly one way generally, but then, like, I've also felt the other way about it, too. Like, I've been like, you know what? That was a good movie. I feel like I should clap in this moment because it was such a good movie. Right. And I don't because you don't clap at movie. That's not a thing (laughs) that you do. But um, (laughs) but I, I, I still don't know how to feel about people clapping in movie theaters i don't think it's the right thing to do but i also don't think it's the wrong thing to do so you know it's it's whatever that's fair that's fair that's definitely less bad than standing ovations (laughs) we'll agree on that (laughs) yes yes anywho going back to your point on cover songs oh yeah i will say Frozen 2 probably had one of the weirdest cover songs for the end credits. Uh, I just... With Panic at the Disco I doing mean... <laughs> the Elsa song. That was really weird to me. It was all wrong. It was all wrong, David. Uh... Felt very 90s. A lot of the 90s movies did that, and it was really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just... They they picked the perfect people. Like, dude can hit the notes like a boss, you know. He he just hits the notes and you're like, right. Wow, that's that guy can exactly. sing. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, wow, that's impressive. I wish I could do that. Like I am a tenor and I wish I could sing like that guy. But it's just I don't know. Like, here's my here's my theory. It would work later in the credits too. Like I would be fine with more of that stuff right. later, like after after I'm done, you know, because it's only it's only the first thirty seconds of the credit song that that is that is sometimes it's longer it depends on the movie but you need like a two minute overture not overture that's the beginning but yeah. whatever that's called <laughs> concluding 
Sure. <laughs> it's over. Know, sure. It's an, that's what uh, we should call it. It's an uh, it's overture. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's a terrible pun. My dad would appreciate it. I love it. Anywho. I think it should be written in the books of history and never forgotten is what I think that should happen with that with that pun. So, you know, but like and then like you ask me like, oh, what would you have done? It's like, I don't know what I would have done. It's not my job to figure out what I would have done. It's my job to like it or dislike it. And I disliked it, you know? So, you know, it's fine. You give the thumbs up or the thumbs <laughs> exactly, down. That is your job. Exactly. Like this, the royal emperor of Rome or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah. In the, in the, in the movie. the gladiator movie. Yeah. It's either thumbs up, you live or thumbs down, you die. It's like, whoa. <laughs> so i appreciate that they did an original song for the credits entangled it, it sounded original to me at least i i don't know it was okay yeah. sweet it wasn't one of the other songs that had been sung all the songs in entangled are pretty good i i really like i think they did a great job with all their songs i really like the beginning one where she just keeps going through the chore list over and over again with her song trying to stay positive but obviously <laughs> not not it's not working yeah <laughs> i just i thought it was great that's true I do like the whole soundtrack. I'll be honest, I like the just the score better than a lot of the songs. Really? Like, I'll go and listen to the score over and over because the music's so good. Mm, yeah, I'm going to have to re-listen to that because I don't remember. Like, I I can't call that from memory, what, what that song sounds like. I can only remember three songs, and that's the chores one and the the dream one and the lights. The Lantern song. Those are the only songs yeah. I can call from memory. So I'll have to check out that score. Because I believe you, because it was highly immersive, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a sign of good score, is that it feels like the movie you're Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, like, seriously, can I just... I'm just going to take a side tangent for a second. Like, Interstellar? Oh, that so guy good. A, he's a freaking genius. It was perfect. The music was perfect, you know? <laughs> yeah. That that score is amazing. Oh. I can just listen to that while I code for yes. hours. Oh yes. And I just feel like I'm traveling to space. Yes. You know. It's it sounds like <laughs> space travel. Like nothing sounds like space travel, but that sounds like space travel, man. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm glad we agree on this point. I I am also glad we agree on this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I was, Anyway, do you have more Tangled thoughts or do you want to move on to Frozen? I have one more Tangled thought, and this comes back to the beginning where I feel like they're less comparable. Like Tangled and Frozen are not comparable movies. Okay, I was interested to hear more on why you said this. Right. Please continue. Well, so I got to the end of Tangled and I was like, it's so silly. But not like not like silliness, like like oh, silly things are happening. Like so much added. Not like watching silliness. SpongeBob or something. Yeah, yeah, where they just added a bunch <laughs> in, and there's just so much, you know. And I'm I'm like, it does it well, you know. It's not like they did a bad job with it. They did a great job. Like I think the movie's great, and I on on a less critical day, I would have found all of the silliness a lot funnier and a lot more enjoyable. But it's so much sillier, and it to me it felt so much sillier than Frozen. And I checked that with my wife, who agreed with me. I don't know if that means anything to anyone who's listening, but like, <laughs> like I, I was like, "Am I crazy? Like, is this sillier?" And she's like, "Yeah, this this feels sillier than than Frozen was." And I was like, "Okay, okay, yeah, yeah." And I think it's a good thing, but I also 
think it changes the movie enough that I like it. It just it takes it to a, I don't know. Interesting. Oh man, I don't, I can't put my feelings to thoughts so well, but it's it's they're just not comparable to me for me. Like they just you'll only find bad things if you try and compare them. Like it'll only bring out the flaws in either to me. Hmm. Can I give you an interesting thought here based on your comments? Yeah, yeah. Because I definitely agree. Tangled is more silly. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Would Frozen have been a better movie if it was live action? If it was live action? Yes. Would Frozen have been a better movie if it was live action? No. Why do you say that? No. That no. Because it would have been, ah, it would have been horrible. That sounds like a horrible thing to. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? This is unfair. I can't say that it would be because, because <laughs> that's based on me having already seen Frozen and loving the animation of Frozen. You know, it's like I love what Frozen is, and I, I right. wouldn't want to see it as a. Well, we're gonna go see the play anyway, but I'll, I'll report back when I when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you pointed out something. That really explains why I didn't like Frozen. Mm, okay, why? Because now that you point out this silliness factor, I agree. I think I went into Frozen mm. expecting kind of the same level of nostalgia, silliness, that type of yeah. thing as a cartoon and as Tangled. And Frozen didn't match any of that level. Mm. And it kind of sits in an awkward place for me. Okay. Because it is a cartoon, because it does have silly things like Olaf, etc. Right. And it kind of sits in the middle between funny Disney cartoon that's lighthearted mm-hmm. and serious drama type thing, live action drama that we're used to. And I couldn't really mend those two fields in my mind. But I could imagine a version of Frozen that's a little bit more serious and maybe live action, maybe not, but that has a much more serious mentality overall. Right. Like it has no silliness, no funny parts. And I could have seen myself liking that version of Frozen. Better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? No. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, no, no, no. This, this is like, this like really distills. Like this helps me understand your mind. It feels like, cause I'm like, Oh yeah. Duh. Like it's just, it's just, it's less silly, but it's, it's still silly. And, and that just sits in a weird place for you. Like that makes perfect sense. And that's, that's that's a reasonable that's a re, that's a reasonable ah, okay okay I, I think i get it going back to my arguments from last time remember how i talked a lot about like not being able to relate to the characters yeah and not being able to kind of understand a lot of the premises etc i feel like those things are less important in a drama type scenario Mm-hmm. in a live action movie that we're used to that's fair yeah i mean you still obviously need character development that type of thing but i don't need to relate to the characters as much i just need their character development to occur if it's something that i know is a serious type of story but in a cartoon i feel like i expect more of that relatability than i would in something like a live action type movie. right right so anyways I, I now that you say that i can see frozen sitting in this awkward spot yeah that it doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally reasonable. I I love it. Now I ah, uh, so much understanding, so much understanding between us. Now I love it. <laughs> I love this. I love this thing. Again, one of the most enlightening discussions we've had <laughs> on one of the strangest <laughs> subjects. Yes, yes, the most unexpected of subjects. 
I didn't even think that we were going to talk about it, and I'm so glad that we're talking about all this stuff. Okay, dear listeners, we promise we're almost done talking about Frozen. <laughs> we're almost done talking about these three movies, Tangled, Frozen, oh. and Frozen 2. <laughs> However, we do have another movie in mind that we may be talking about as well, but we will get to that in a moment. Indeed. indeed <laughs> first, indeed. let's just finish talking about Frozen, but there yes, is still yes. more to be said. Yes, yes. So much more to be said. Although most of it is lost to time. Um, <laughs> so I want to hear, I want to, so my last thought about Frozen actually is more thoughts about movies in general. And so I'm more interested if you have thoughts specific to those three movies to hear them now. So one thought I had that I want to bring up mm-hmm. is you talked last time about the rock giants and how you really liked how they were portrayed in frozen 2 yeah when we talked after the podcast for a little bit i realized it actually has a really big connection to a, a deep idea in social theory mm, what's that i want to tell you a little story <laughs> okay and because you had mentioned one of the things you liked about the rock giants is that they were never too present they kind of come in and out quickly you only see them a couple times and when you do see them they're pretty intimidating. Yeah. And very frightening, really. Like, if something bad happened, then Elsa or Anna would be dead, you know, or whatever it would be. Right, yeah. So they still like, kept that scariness to them. Yeah. It's like no joke, you know. There's no, there's no, we're not cracking jokes about the rock giants, you know. Right. And I realized that the reason this is so well done in this movie is because of something that's called near-miss theory in sociology. So okay. here's the story. I can't remember. It's in one of the Malcolm Gladwell books, I think. Um, and actually, has to deal with World War II. What happened is after England realized that the Germans were going to be doing a lot of bombing raids on London and things like that, they built essentially mental hospitals on the outskirts of town because they thought that the people that lost friends and family and the bombing raids would be totally distraught and people would just be kind of scared and all sorts of things. So they built all these mental hospitals essentially and just places for people to get help if they had anxieties or anything like this to go Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. But what happened is once the bombing raids started, the hospitals and other places filled up for a little bit. And then they nearly were empty from there on out. Hmm. And the reason why, of, of course, the British will just say that they have a stiff upper lip or something like that. But yeah. <laughs> really what was going on is something called near mystery, which is how far away you are from a miss and how often that miss occurs affects how intimidating that is to you. Mm-hmm. So people that were super close to a bomb that could have potentially killed them but didn't, those types of people would have very high anxiety about this type of situation. That's PTSD for soldiers and things like that. That's very serious. Yeah. But the further and further away you got and the more frequent those bombing raids became and nothing happened, the less and less it seems like a threat 
and the less and less it seemed like a threat to the British. Right. And so people would just go about their day. And even though it's a bombing raid, obviously something that's very dangerous and attacking their town, etc., it would just become something like, well, oh, just another bombing raid. Obviously, they wouldn't describe it like that, but right, your right. brain disassociates the danger from it because it's happened so often and it seems so far away. Okay, yeah, yeah. So connecting this to movies and Frozen 2, like you said, this can happen a lot in movies and in games, I think, where if you're not careful, the really scary, intimidating thing that you're trying to make doesn't become that because you show them too often. They never seem dangerous. It's always a very distant threat, that type of thing. Right. And so you become less and less inclined to be fearful of it because it's treated so distantly from you. Right. And so I just thought it was an interesting connection that if you're not careful, if you show them too often or don't make them seem intimidating because they're always distant or whatever it would be, then you lose that element of the story. Hmm. Okay. That's, I, I think that's fair. No, I think you, I think you're right because honestly one of the things that i crave in movies is for the scary thing to be scary for the whole movie you know right but not like scary movies i don't like like horror movies they don't do anything for me but like like just regular movies and regular games i want them to be scary i like wanted the rock giants to be scary and i think you're totally right okay i'm gonna restate i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i'm what i'm thinking if it's right tell me if it's right if it's wrong tell me if it's wrong okay um basically the way that they treated the rock giants versus other other movies and games like um the first one that always jumps to mind when i talk about this stuff is halo 4 the game where you as master chief are going to an alien planet like you find an alien planet that you've never been to before and obviously there's going to be things there that are going to be dangerous you know and right or whatever i was pretty excited cuz halo 3 had an amazing ending and then and then Halo 4 came around and it was really dull and boring. And <laughs> I noticed that because the first trailer that I ever saw for Halo 4 showed the new bad guys. Right. And it's one of those things where, like, I saw them so often. like I st- And, like, you get in the game and, like, you're just fighting them all the time. And you deal with them so often that all of a sudden it, it feels normal. Like, it feels like... They're too familiar. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're no longer scary because... They're not interesting because I see them all the time, you know, and it's, it's right. they themselves no longer hold any fear for me. Whereas like the rock giants, we hardly saw them. And every time we did, it was a big deal. Right. And it was very dangerous. You know, it, it, they played it, they played it up a lot or not even played it up a lot because they played it how they should have played it. But I didn't see them as frequently. And every time I did see them, they weren't, they weren't made light of, you know, they were less frequent and still always made to be serious. I don't know. Right. Is that, is that a corrected, like, is that the same? (laughs) That's, that's what I'm trying to say using very deep social analogies and history. (laughs) Right. Less frequent and very immediate danger. Yeah. And you know what? Yes. I think movies do that way too much where they, where they just, play up the danger and then there's no danger you know right 
it's kind of weird because we want the opposite of what near miss theory says yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah, so that's what we're going for for the intimidating intense experience right well it's like action movies are some of the worst because it's like oh no like they're gonna get saved in the nick of time you know and it's like granted frozen 2 did that you know at one point, Anna is running away from these giants throwing boulders at her. She nearly gets hit a couple of times, but then, like, one is going to step on her, and Kristoff comes and saves her, right? Right. And they do that, like, sure, but it's not like they did it two or three times. I don't know. You know what movie is the worst at this? What? I'm pretty sure is absolute worst at this idea mm-hmm. is The Hobbit 3 movie. <gasps> The Battle of Five Armies. Okay, okay, yeah. So bad at this. Do you remember that at all? <laughs> oh, I tried man. to forget that movie. That movie, I so little of it reta- is retained in my memory because so little of it felt important while I was watching the movie. <laughs> I just couldn't. I just, I just remember that there's three or four times that Oakenshield, is that his name? The mm-hmm. head hobbit or uh, dwarf guy? I think so. Is on the ground about to get killed by an orc and then that orc gets stabbed in the back by someone else before oh my gosh he gets killed you know like they do the same trick over and over so it just never felt like he was ever right. in danger because <laughs> right, right you knew someone was just gonna stab that orc in the back like it oh it was so bad so bad with this yeah ah uh, yes okay horrible and i do not like when movies do that my my thoughts when you're talking about that immediately went back to Lord of the Rings and like why that didn't happen in Lord of the Rings. I was like, well, cause in the third movie, like I just watched the third movie and like, cause in the third movie, that one dude, the orc just stabs him and he dies. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, he just dies. You know, it's like consequences for these actions. Yes, that's how it works. <laughs> when will they learn that their choices have consequences? I yes okay yes I just I wish movies wouldn't do that I wish they would make it scary I want to be scared not 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 jump scares and not horror scares I just want to be I want to feel like this thing in this movie is actually a concern and a problem one other idea that I have on Frozen mm-hmm. and it's actually a problem with a lot of movies okay that might actually lead into our discussion of the next movie on our list. Okay. But I really like Frozen 2. Again, like I talked about last time, I liked it even though I recognize it probably wasn't as good of a movie (laughs) as Frozen 1 from a cinematography standpoint. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But the thing I didn't like about Frozen 2 was the concept of unexplored themes. And this is one that really bugs Mm. me in movies these days. Okay. So, for example, there's a scene in Frozen 2, where Elsa goes to that island on the north yeah. across the river. I can't remember that name. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it because I'm going to butcher it, but it's her origin story place where right, her mom right. is, right? Right. I am also not going to say it because I will also mess it up. So, uh, yes, I. we all know. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> that special Frozen island place that she goes. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> I love it. She goes there. And she keeps getting this warning to not follow too deeply into the past. I can't remember exactly how it's said in the movie, but it's very yeah. eloquently described. Yeah. 
and she sees like the little snow silhouettes walking around and she follows her grandfather and uh-huh. his instructions to essentially sabotage and betray all those people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she kind of falls down into this ice cave mm-hmm. and then she like freezes because mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And that was never really explained. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that that just wasn't explained. Because sometimes that happens a lot in movies. I'm like, okay, why did you bother <laughs> describing that or what that means? Right, right. But I hate when there's this really interesting idea. Yeah. This, like, little nugget of philosophical thought that is introduced into a movie. And it doesn't really ever get to be expressed fully. Because I think there was this really interesting idea and concept that perhaps digging too deeply into the details of dark and evil things is not good. Right, right. And that's like a really deep and intricate theme. Yeah. But they just kind of say it as a Mm one-liner. And then suddenly it's really important to the story, but then it's not after that. You know, like it's, it just never gets expressed. Like it often would be in literature or in something that was more dedicated to that idea. But right. they just hold on to this one little nugget and then it's just gone. Yeah. And yeah. I hate when movies do that because I'm like, oh, I want you to explore this idea more, but you didn't. Right, and right. it makes me sad. The, the movie that best illustrates this is Tomorrowland. Have you ever seen that movie? No, no. I think you mentioned it last time, but I I still haven't seen it. Do you remember what it's about? Or it came out about four years ago. It's it's a terrible movie. It's actually based on Tomorrowland at Disneyland. Like they just took a park. What? And said, okay, let's try and make a movie. Kind of like they did with Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, okay. But Pirates of the Caribbean was good, and Tomorrowland (laughs) Tomorrowland is bad. (laughs) I mean, it looks like it looks like. The pictures that I'm seeing make me think like Interstellar meets like Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I'm that's getting. a pretty good description. <laughs> um, it's it's really cheesy. It's really dumb. It, it was one of those movies where they just tried to have some like big name actors and didn't bother writing any story or anything like that. Okay. The whole point of the movie is this girl is trying to find her dad. I think it is or. Some she has some connection to George Clooney. I can't remember exactly. Right, right. She's trying to find George Clooney, as many of us do. Right, she's trying to find George Clooney, like many of us are trying. And in this journey, she happens upon this this like VR headset that shows this amazing world of tomorrow, right, the future. And she goes on this quest with George Clooney and tries to find this land, essentially. Right. And when you get there, you find that Tomorrowland's like all destroyed and gone to pieces, essentially. And huh. the bad guy has some like evil ray that will destroy the world or something. I can't remember. Oh it was, my again, gosh! Okay, awful. yeah, yeah. There's some some Doctor Doofenshmirtz silliness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywho, the thing I remember though is that the VR headset that she had at the beginning was really like a commercial. Mm. And that the people at Tomorrowland were essentially just this amazing group of engineers that were building the world of tomorrow and sending out these VR headsets to try and get people to be excited about the future and 
have these goals and ambitions and unite and work together yeah. to create this world of tomorrow, right? Okay, yeah. But what happens, according to the story, is that they sent out all these these commercials, right, and gave the world this view of what they c- could be. Mm-hmm. But instead, because they were so distraught that they didn't have all these amazing things that they thought they could have, instead they kind of gave up and said, like, well, we can't get to that. That's impossible, so we might as well not try. And it actually led to more destruction and more pain huh. because they didn't see how they could get to tomorrow. But there's only like one line in the movie okay. that says all that. It's what? actually the guy that plays House, the doctor. He's the bad guy in that Ooh, movie. Really? Wow. Yeah. And again, just a big actor trying <laughs> big, to the big name score actor, right. points. Yeah. But, but yeah, he just has this one line on this idea that perhaps glimpsing too far in the future is not good for today because it shows that your current state is not what you could be. And so this jump was too large and kind of destroyed the people. Whoa. And it's like, wow, that's a really deep, interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. That you could have explored in this movie. Yeah. But instead, you're talking about evil death ray thing and Gosh. chasing George Clooney and robot that attacks <laughs> houses. And stuff. It's like, what is going on? Why didn't you explore this amazing theme and philosophy and yeah. Ah, just you could have gone so many different ways with this, and instead you chose mm-hmm. the worst possible thing to portray this idea. Oh man, uh, uh, you're making me want to watch this movie. It sounds like you told me all <laughs> the best parts, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta watch that. Well, that's the problem is you won't see anything that I described. <laughs> You'll see essentially a terrible, cheesy B class movie, what? and then House say one line that <laughs> is really cool. Like that's that's the entirety of that movie. <laughs> My 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 head believes you, but my heart is just like no <laughs> no because because you told me the plot and the plot sounds interesting and good and you told me that all these people are gonna these two people that I like and that are good actors are gonna be in it like it has to be a good movie isn't it isn't it a good movie? <laughs> I'm I, sorry, my friend. Now I think I have to watch it. But I, I gave you I gave you a view too far in the future well, of a good movie that would be made. <laughs> That actually looks like this, <laughs> and you cannot obtain it. I'm sorry. Oh man, see, <laughs> see, when you say it like that, like yeah, of course this movie sounds like it's gonna be like, like that's a bit ah ah yeah. Mm. All right, no, I'm gonna go watch that movie now. I can't not now. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'll complain <laughs> to you about it later, but. Uh... <laughs> By the way, that was not the movie we're going to talk about next, just so everyone knows. We have one more. In yeah, no, yeah, no. Sorry, that was not the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds horrible. And and I agree. Now that you bring it up, I agree. And this is, this is okay, here's my theory. Okay, this is one of those things where I'm like, this is why we're pushing it into longer and longer and bigger and bigger things. Like, this is, I think this exact reason is why like we want to make series and we want series gosh series <laughs> and and we want to make bigger movies and we want to make multi-part movies and and all this stuff so that we can pack in all these all these neat thoughts that we've had you know books do it really well cuz books have so much room you know it's like it's like a single right. book can contain a whole lot more right and a series of books contains even more and so it's like movies are almost trying to catch up because there's so much that you want to know and you, 
two and a half hours is only it's so little time in the scheme of things you know that you can only cover right. so much information in two and a half hours whereas a book you read over days and weeks and months and 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 series of books you can read over years i'm still working on one and i just <laughs> like uh the wheel of time is a book series that i'm yeah. reading right now <laughs> And it's so long. My brother-in-law it's... reads that. Oh man, it's so long, dude. And I'm I've <laughs> I've been told that I, I I got to a book and this book is dragging me so bad. Like I, I I'm having such a hard time finishing this one book. I've been told that this is like the worst it gets. Like like this this book and the book <laughs> before it and the book after it. Like this is the most boring this series gets. But it's like 16 books, you know. It's it's huge. It's this massive. <laughs> right. They're 30 hours each on Audible and but but the amount of i don't know it's like it's like when i think about the first books that i read and i only read them a year ago but they feel like this distant memory of my childhood you know it's like <laughs> cuz there's so much information you've had since then about this yeah. storyline yeah and i've been able to follow these characters through such a big long epic journey that it's just i just oh, there's so much i can't i can't remember any part <laughs> of of what we've done and and how we got here and it's just it's amazing and and especially a couple of the the neatest ideas and neatest thoughts i've had about the series have come from this i think this idea of like we we've got time to explore you know we've got plenty of time to explore right. and so we're going to talk about all this stuff and we're going to talk about it a lot because this is the stuff that makes it interesting well it's interesting to bring it up because anyone that knows me knows i'm a huge lord of the rings fan mhm not like one of those crazy that knows all the origin stories <laughs> and the different names of all the swords, but <laughs> not one of those ones. I love the movies, and everyone complained that the movies were so long, but to me, the movies were so intricately woven, mm -hmm. and he didn't ever introduce a theme that wasn't explored. He was so good about bringing the Lord of the Rings world, which is a very yeah. dense world, for sure. But he took just a chunk and made sure he cut off all the limbs that didn't connect to that chunk of the Lord of the Rings world and the Lord of the yeah. Rings stories. And he fully explored that chunk. He made sure every theme and idea that was in the Lord of the Rings stories that was of import was fully expressed and had mm -hmm, time to mm -hmm. develop. And that's why I love watching those movies. They don't feel slow to me because I love just analyzing all the subtleties that he provides when he directed mm -hmm. that. Peter Jackson really mm -hmm. did a good job. Yeah, but yeah, just this idea of being able to take the time to fully develop these themes and ideas. Right, and right. It's like he's finally he's he's finally been given the time, so he's gonna roll with it, you know. And on another, another sorry, just jumping around all over the place. But another another <laughs> thought that comes to mind is um, oh, what's his name? Christopher Nolan and all of his movies. He did Inception, right? Yeah, he did those Inception. movies feel like the opposite thing to me, where he's not trying to pull in a lot of different ideas. He's trying to fully explore one single topic, and we're just gonna we're just gonna drive through that yeah. topic all the way. And that's I don't know if that's accurate, but that's how it feels to me when I when I think back on on movies like Inception mm. and Prestige and um, even the Batman mm. trilogy. Like it just it feels like there's just like there's time to I don't know. He 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 uses the time to only focus on one idea yeah he doesn't he doesn't waste time looking around all over the place at all the different things that are happening we're just going to talk about we're just going to talk about dreams or we're just going to talk about magic or we're just going to talk about mm -hmm. like the joker and batman and this relationship that's going on like we're just going to get to it and we're just going to mm. we're 
That's interesting. Sorry, one more <laughs> tangent from that. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Prestige. If you haven't seen The Prestige, oh I highly gosh. recommend it. You have it. to go see it. But if, if you haven't seen it, do not listen to us talk about yes. it. <laughs> Stop. Don't listen for like yeah. three yeah. minutes. Okay. But the thing I love about Prestige is, spoiler alert, if you know, at the end, you find out he essentially has a clone that's helping him do mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. magic tricks. And everyone in my family liked the movie until that point. And they're like, oh, what? that's lame. You know, that's a what? terrible answer to this dilemma. I was like, no, 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 you're missing the point. Because, yes, having a clone is cheesy. But the point is, is he said, what if a magician had a clone? What would be the resulting story that comes from that? And so he didn't take his story and said, oh, how do I answer that? Oh, I'll have a clone. He said, what would be the case if this was possible? (laughs) Yes. What would build off of that? So he kind of built the story backwards, and that's why it feels so much better than just a, oh, he he didn't know what to do, so he just threw a clone in there, essentially, to solve (laughs) his problems. It's like, no, no, he, he explored this idea. What if this was possible, and what are all the consequences of this being a possibility? Seriously, ah. I can't understand how your family didn't think like their minds weren't just blown at that moment. Like, <laughs> like I seriously felt like the rug was pulled out from under my feet twice in that movie. I was like the first time there's like the first big reveal right. and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, Whoa. And then that part goes and I'm like, oh, no way. Like, and I, you know, you don't see it. You just don't see it the whole movie. And then they go back through yeah. and they show you the scenes and you're like, Oh, and I agree. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Man, when you say it like that, man, it gets me thinking about all sorts of stuff. Like, like then, like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna take that theory, Inception. Well, what's that? Well, that what if you get lost in your dreams? Like, what if you could go back into other people's dreams, and what if you just get lost? Yeah, and and that's exactly what the whole movie's about. Right. It's about a person who gets lost in someone's dream, and then they get so far deep trying to trying to change things and trying to trying to pull off something great or big or whatever, and and then like. They get to the end and it's like, well, is are, are we still in a dream? Like, is it over? Right. You know, or are we still there? How how deep do you have to go to change someone's mind? What level is the consciousness at? That's the whole point. Yes. Of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. cool. So, sorry, everyone, for not giving a good warning on it. So you just, you just <laughs> all spoiler bit warnings are out the bag right now. If we mention a movie, we might talk about it. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but. It, uh, we might have to just name our episode and then just put spoiler <laughs> warning right in the title so yes, that people yes. know. That would be good. That would be good. <laughs> ah, I have nothing more to say. I like. I want to say more about it, but I have nothing more to say. I agree <laughs> with your thoughts. We have tangented a lot, <laughs> but I think we've explored we've explored some interesting yeah. things much better than the movies. And now have. that we've explored some of them slightly, we are going to abandon this course of action and not explore them all the way. <laughs> Because I don't have enough research or thoughts on the matter. Um, <laughs> I I love that fall. And and that is, I think that's a fair criticism of the movie. But it's one of those ones where I'm like, what would you have done differently? You know, it's like, they only have so much time. You know, you can only keep kids right. entertained for an hour and a half. So, like, <laughs> pack as much in as you can. And, and everything right. else, I think it's best to just let, to just leave to that, that area of, like, most people will just kind of not think about it and it's, it's okay. You know, just don't think about it. It's fine. That's fair. <sighs> Any other thoughts on frozen? Are we, we almost, are almost finally done? Finally done. I only have one and it ties into the next movie that we're going to talk about. So it's perfect. 
Okay. The thing that I'm about to talk about is probably the most unfair requirement that I have for movies. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. okay, movie, you're gonna have to do this thing, but I never tell it until three years after I've seen it. You know, it's like, I, or or till or till I've already watched it. You know, or till I'm already started the movie. Okay. You need to reference me by name <laughs> in your movie. <laughs> My name's not on that list. Mm, sorry, guys. <laughs> Okay, so this this part of a, this part of a movie is so important to me. It's so important that I I'm worried about me making it too important by thinking about it too much. But I I think it's so important. Okay, okay it's the very like the very 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 first part of the movie. Okay, pre movie you have all your expectations and all of your thoughts and all of your all of your prejudices that you're going to bring into a movie, right? Right. And then there's a moment where the movie starts, and then it has, I mean, for me, I think it really is just a couple of seconds to set the tone of the movie and and to, and to I don't know, either fulfill my expectations or to shatter them and leave me in awe. You know, it's like, so I'm going to go through a couple examples. <clears throat> okay. Okay. We're going to start with. One of my all-time favorite movies, Tron Legacy. Okay, we watched that the other day, by the way. You guys so did? It's fresh in my mind. I watched it without. Oh, I haven't watched it recently. Okay, you're gonna have to tell me if this is accurate because this is the <laughs> way that I remember the beginning part of the movie. I remember the beginning part of the movie. It's a black screen, and then uh, whatever his name is, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. He's like the grid. That's like the first thing he says, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there's the moment. Okay. When I'm in the theater and I, I hear that for the first time, oh, my, it's so exciting, you know? I'm like, oh, like this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then, you know. It does like an aerial view of lines going across the screen and they slowly like mm-hmm. morph into buildings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cars and stuff. And it's. Yes. Uh, so It's just the perfect preparation for the movie, you know? It's like it, it prepares me perfectly. And, and it's like the perfect primer to get me going. For the to be excited about the whole movie, like right. I'm, I'm excited about the whole movie after that. Side note: that movie may be one of the most fun movies to watch yes. visually, just because of all the amazing lighting. Yes, effects. yes. Forget the story. I just like <laughs> watching, like purely watching that movie. So yes, cool. Yes. Anyways, yes. continue. D- d- with 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 all of the movies that I love the most, sometimes it's just best not to think about it too much. Just don't think about it, and it's a great <laughs> movie. I love that movie. It's just so much fun. Next example. I don't have many counterexamples. I can't think of many off my head, mostly because they, they, they just pass into, into non-interest. You know, they just pass into my memory. Right. Pass into mediocrity. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly. So next example, Frozen. Okay. And I already talked about this, but okay. it's like, so what's the first thing you see on screen? Well, they do. I, I think they might do the Frozen logo. Right. Or... Or it just starts, and and the first thing that you see that relates to the movie is colors, but you can't really see what it is, and it's not really clear to me. It's clear to me now, but when I first saw it, it was just like, what what, what am I looking at? What? And then like obvious footsteps, and you're like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And then and then a, a saw breaks through the ice, mm. and you're you're looking from the from inside the ice out, and the saw breaks through, and then they start this song that was so unexpected and so counter to what I expected from the movie that from the very first notes of that song, like not even the whole song, just the very first notes. I just like, 
I was gr- like, it grabbed me, you know, it just grabbed me. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> like, what is this going to be? Like, I'm so excited now. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and then follows the rest of the movie that I love. I will say, I agree with you on that point. Mm-hmm. I, I think that added to my hype about Frozen <laughs> when I first saw it. That led to the greater drop-off. Right, right. But I agree. That was a really cool opening to right. that movie. Well, and, and this is why I say it's totally unfair. Because it's like, is that a good representation of the rest of the movie? Not really. The rest of the movie is nothing like it. Like, you never see the ice ice miners again, you know? They come up they come right. up in as a profession, but you know, you don't see them ever again. And it's not really a big part of anything. And you know, these moments aren't really fair right? Um, to the movie, except for when they nail it. And then it makes it the best movie ever. It's just one of those added bonuses, just mm-hmm. the extra not needed to be an amazing movie, but almost all amazing movies have yes. it just because they nail everything. Yes. And that's one of the things they yes. know. Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Third example, Greatest Showman. Mm. There, there was a lot of hype about this movie before I finally went and saw it. Like I knew, I like I knew the hype, and I was like, <laughs> "Uh oh!" Like I'm now, I'm nervous because it's like a lot of hype usually means that I won't like the movie. Like that's that's it's a it's a pretty high correlation. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But I was like, I ha- we have to go see it. You know, I have to go see it. So we went and saw it in the theater. The only way to see that movie, and. That opening sequence, not even not even the whole song, like the first 10, 15 seconds of that. Just Hugh Jackman's silhouette mm-hmm. while he sings under his breath mm-hmm. in the stands. You got like yeah. old timey lettering that's introducing the movie. And then this like explosive people slamming their feet against against, you know, the, the bleachers like this explosive sound that is very rich. You know, I'm sure they added a lot of sound to that to make that a very rich sound. Yeah. And then just, and then just Hugh Jackman and, 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 and starting the song. And it just, from that very moment, I was taken with the movie. You know, I was like, I just, I I can't care what comes after. Like, I know this movie is a bad representation of, of everything that the circus was, but I love the movie. You know, (laughs) you're saying it's not historically accurate. Come on. It may be slightly that's, wrong. That's um. everything it was. <laughs> I will say I like The Greatest Showman probably more than I should have, but it's one of the first movies I saw with my wife mm. when we were first dating. Mm. So I think that may have had some that... influence on that. <laughs> but I'm just going to say I like the movie, so we'll go from there. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. And even, okay, okay, now here's, so that's that's my third example of like just the very first downbeat was I, I was struck. You know, I was taken with the whole movie. And I, I loved the whole movie, you know, I, I, in that moment, I was able to forgive and let go of everything that that movie was supposed to be and everything that I thought about the movie. And I just watched it, you know, I just enjoyed the experience. Like it, it, right. it, it, it it's almost like it took away everything that I might not like and everything that might cause me to not like it, you know? So the last movie on this list is the next movie we're going to talk about. It's finally the actual <laughs> next movie we're talking about. And this one I do know. <laughs> So David and I watched the new Star Wars movie. Oh, come on, man. You got to announce it better than that. We watched the Star Wars movie. Talking about beginnings. The st- the- Star Wars has perhaps the most epic beginning of any movie yes, ever. That is true. Oh, that's true. When the letters come on the screen, there is nothing that makes me put down my guard more than that. Like, I instantly jump into the Star Wars world. 
every time those come on the screen. Yes, yes. Okay. And seriously, number seven and number eight did that to me as well. They did that to me bad. But, but, okay, okay. <laughs> but see, see, that, that wasn't the moment though. Okay, okay. Here's the, here's the surprising thing. It was actually the scene following that. Really? That that actually had my attention that actually caused me to be interested in the movie for the rest of the movie. I think, I don't know. I don't know what causes what, but you know, cause I expected the star Wars theme and I expected the scroll and the great music, you know, right. John Williams carrying this nine movie series, you know, it's amazing with his, his right. musical talent. Gosh, he's amazing. He's essentially a wizard. I've determined. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. A magical wizard of orchestras. But it was the whole, like... Flying to Exegol and mm-hmm. talking to the Emperor. Mm-hmm. There was all the murderizing and... Uh, and Yeah, sorry, spoilers, everyone. And then, and then flying... Yeah, going to, the, going to the planet. It almost like it pressed the reset button in my brain of, like, okay, okay, okay. Now we're going to start another Star Wars movie. And a lot of stuff has happened. <laughs> and we're just going to... Let's try it again, okay? Let's just try it again. Because... Because, like, I thought that the very first sequences were really well done. Like, I was, I was very, right. it was visually striking and also, like, very much interesting. Like, I thought the actors and the people in the movie, like, were setting up the movie and they did a great job, you know? I thought Kylo Ren was the best of the whole movie, you know? He's, ugh, he carried that movie right. so hard. So I'm guessing you like this movie. <laughs> I, I, you know, I I wanted to I wanted to hate it. I wanted a movie to complain about, but I just I just came I just came away with a movie that I just uh, uh, we can talk about that in a second. But <laughs> <laughs> but going back to my point, those first moments in a movie, it's the most unfair thing. But that almost regularly determines my favorite movies in the whole world. Interesting. My the last example I had was Godzilla. With the very first scene being the guy losing his wife in in a nuclear reactor like meltdown, and it's so striking and so serious, you know. There's no there's no jokes, and it's like it sets the tone for the rest of the movie for me. Of like, this is what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot, you know. I, I don't know. Right. I like that movie a lot, but it's okay. Other people don't agree with me. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, that's. It's really important to me, and that's all I really wanted to say about it. I don't, I don't know if you have more thoughts on it, but it's like that's a that's a make or break moment for movies for me. Is the very first, the very down, the very downbeat of the very first scene. Before we continue on Star Wars, yeah, yeah, which I don't think we need to beat to death because I feel like there's already so many reviews and stuff oh, on Star Wars. But okay. I do want to talk about it for a second. Yeah, yeah. But now that you say it, it's also one of the favorite things about the openings for my favorite movies, Lord of the Rings. Because mm-hmm. they all start in just like darkness, right? Just black mm-hmm. screen. Yeah, yeah. And the music slowly fades in. Yeah. And there's usually some narration. Like in the first one, it's Lady Galadriel kind of <laughs> giving the overview of the, the background and the origin of this world, you know? Right, the whole story. And yeah. It's a different type of opening, but it very much fits the nature and style of Lord of the Rings, this kind of slow drifting into this other world. That you're now entering. Yeah, so I like those openings as well. And then the just the Lord of the Rings slowly fades onto the screen and then comes back out. Yes. Anyways, so I've not thought about this point before, but you're right. Amazing movies don't have to have it, but almost all amazing movies do. Right. Because they just nail getting you into the movie. Right, right. 
and this is actually you know what you know what one movie actually really botched it for me the one movie that's a counterexample that i can think of planet of the apes the third one the third new one hmm. so the first and second ones nailed it in comparison <laughs> they nailed it right <laughs> yes thank you thank you they killed it and and for both of them what do they open up with the second one opens up with caesar's eyes and the war paint that he has painted on really yeah the like the white stripes the skull looking paint that's how the second one starts the third one botched it up because they didn't start with the eyes hmm. i forgot about that aspect like this matters a lot to me because <laughs> <laughs> it bothered me so bad because i was like this isn't how the planet of the apes movies are supposed to start the second one starts with uh it's it actually starts with the plane it's the globe and the plane it's the light points that go around and it spreads, the light spreads, and then you slowly see that it's a globe. It's the world. Oh, right, right. Because of the spreading of the of the virus. Which is the same as the end of the first one. Exactly, exactly. And I just... I just and they ended the third one correctly. But, but they messed up the beginning, and it, and it put me off so much. And then the rest of the movie, I was like, it's good, but it's, it's not the second, and it's not the first. You know? <laughs> they were so much better. The second was definitely the best. Oh, so good. Oh, wow. I was just thinking of the whole kind of forest sabotage scene that's mm-hmm. in the beginning of the second one. I really like that scene. Yes. Ah, oh, yes. So good. <sighs> Anywho, going back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> Have we talked about enough movies in this episode yet? <laughs> Y'all sick of it yet? Because, I mean, I have more things to talk about. I just, I really <laughs> want to talk to David about Star Wars. So, I just have two thoughts on Star Wars. And then I think we'll really be done for movies. We'll probably have to take a break for, like, the next three episodes to make sure we don't say anything <laughs> about movies to make up for this episode. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we'll see about that. But, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's no good movies coming out for a while anyways. But, that's true. Um, that's true. Going back to Star Wars. So, you said it felt like a, a reset button. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie was that in more ways than just the opening. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely liked it. J.J. Abrams definitely, I think he made all the right moves. Yeah. Just by essentially ignoring that the eighth one ever existed. <laughs> even though you and I had quite a, a discussion on The Last Jedi. Oh. And I even really honestly like The Last Jedi. Okay. Even with all its faults. Okay. But I think J.J. Abrams had the right perspective of just essentially making a story that almost could exist entirely without the last Jedi ever occurring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he, he, he sets this reset button with, in a lot of ways. First of all, the emperor coming back is a big one. Yeah. I think that was wise. My only complaint about that is that I don't think it had to be the emperor. Right. I think you could have done it in the same way. Where Rey is still Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter, but the Emperor's not back. It's just like the Sith still is kind of this permanent existence. When one goes down, there's just another one that rises. That's kind of a big theme in Star Wars, right? The good will rise to meet the evil. Right. And vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like you could have redone the story just a little bit Mm -hmm. where it doesn't have to be the Emperor, but some new Sith Lord. Just like Snoke, just... Like any of them, you could kind of start the even the beginning dialogue almost the same way that you know Snoke was just another toy or not toy but pawn 
Puppet, puppet, puppet. Pawn. Yes, yes, puppet. Another yes. puppet. Snoke's another puppet. Palpatine was just another Sith Lord. Right. right? But there's kind of this permanent Sith base. And maybe there's not one single Sith Master, but there's just always one that rises. Maybe you could have done something with that. And then this whole Palpatine still being alive doesn't feel quite as awkward as a premise. Right. Well, and uh, like. uh, uh, that's such a good that's such a good idea that's so good i don't know why they didn't use it like that's so good (laughs) because why didn't jj abrams talk to me is essentially right (laughs) (laughs) right right well it's like they could have just kept the emperor you know you could keep the emperor and then remove what was the emperor of olden days you know he doesn't have to be the same emperor he can just be this voice that speaks of the sith you know Instead of instead right. of being you know Emperor Palpatine, you know, it could have just been the Sith, you know, right? And he could have just been like, well, you're the you're the next successor, you know. It's like we needed a new successor, and you're the next successor because you're right. Palpatine's granddaughter, you know. And it's like like, but you're you're Palpat Palpatine is dead. <laughs> like that would have been that would have oh oh that makes me want to just like. <laughs> Ah, just like th- start throwing things. I don't know. Like that makes me really, cause, cause I feel like you and I just came up with a better version of that movie. Just <laughs> sitting here for two seconds. Like your idea, right. perfect. It's perfect. I love it. Right. Uh, well, they they went through this effort to dis- to establish this huge like Sith planet, right? Exegol and the Sith mm-hmm. base, and mm-hmm. that would have been a perfect starting point of saying like, where do they come from, anyways? Like, what is this force that's acting out you know this evil doings where do they come from yeah and they kind of established that so why not just start from ground zero with that and say like here's the new current one and they just keep coming because they're just this permanently rising force that needs to be reckoned with right right well and then it doesn't leave the whole emperor palpatine is back how'd they do that question up in the right. mind you know because it's like oh it's his body but it's not him you know he's dead right yeah you know? uh, uh, mm. Anywho, so that was my first complaint. I, I mean, I, I went with it. Yeah. I yeah. bought it. But I, when I saw that, I'm like, ah, you could have done this differently. I feel like mm-hmm. you could have just made that simple change and it would have just felt more natural to the progression of the story. Yeah, yeah. Other things, again, he did a really good job of ignoring the entire eighth movie, <laughs> which, again, I think was wise. Yeah, I feel like there was a couple ways you could have acknowledged it just like a little bit, like no. acknowledge where it came from. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate, especially the the Rose character. Oh yeah, they essentially just like threw under the bus and just mm-hmm. never never made her have any important parts because <laughs> no one liked her in Last Jedi. Right? It's like, oh, is there going to be a budding relationship? Nope, nope. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, so that that was funny. So I, I would say my, my biggest complaints are kind of the beginning premise. They could have adjusted that slightly, made it way better. Yeah. And the ending, I liked it. But again, something I feel like they could have just changed a little bit and it would have been way better. Mm-hmm. Here, here's, here's my idea. Okay. Well, first of all, I should say, I can't give them too many complaints because I heard they filmed it like 20 different ways. That is crazy. I have also heard that it was like, I heard three. I've only heard three, but like, yeah. Okay. I'm sure the number grows every time. <laughs> right, right. It, but... Three, 10, 50, a hundred. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But so they tried many things. So they've obviously thought it through, but in the end there, there's this theme from the last Jedi mm-hmm. that Ray was nobody. Right. And 
there's kind of ends with the kid that's kind of the sweeper and it kind of implies that he might be a a force sensitive kid right and maybe anybody could be a jedi okay right that's kind of the ending theme of last jedi and then in this one obviously they're like no ray i was just joking you actually are someone important <laughs> right which yeah. i called that they would do if well, you remember yeah yeah everyone kind of expected that to occur so maybe it wasn't the most amazing thing for me to call that but i, no, no. I felt like they were gonna go back on that in episode nine yeah Anywho, that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, at the end, Rey and Kylo Ren go through this big, huge thing. Mm -hmm. And the whole ending's kind of about Rey. And even the last thing, like Rey being a Skywalker, which I thought was kind of cheesy. Oh, my gosh. I have I'm Rey Skywalker. (laughs) I have a massive opinion on that. So we'll get back to that. I feel like they just... The end was on the wrong focus. I feel like it would have been way cooler if Rey and Kylo had more of a role together Mm, okay and then at the end like i don't know maybe kylo dies i'm good with that but it should have been like ray goes out and finds like the sweeper kid or something and she starts building up the jedi again Mm, okay or you know like it it didn't really leave a door open for anything because it's like oh i'm ray (laughs) i'm cool i'm a jedi it's like, yeah, but where are you going? Are, are we supposed to believe now that like the Jedi are coming back? Are we supposed right. to believe this is the end of this constant battle between good and evil and the Jedi? Right, or, right. You know, like it, it just kind of shut the door. This movie completely isolates on both sides. It mm-hmm. doesn't really acknowledge anything before it and anything after it. <laughs> it just is itself <laughs> right. and refuses to connect to the rest of the canon. Right, right, yeah. And so that was my main complaint. I feel like you could have adjusted the ending. I feel like Kylo Ren should have had a bigger role because he is still a Skywalker Mm -hmm. on his mother's side. And so I feel like, again, the Skywalker's legacy is kind of to bring balance to the Force. Yeah. Right? That's the whole prophecy. So I feel like Kylo really should have been the one that defeats the Emperor or been the main... He kind of just gets like thrown to the side and... It's like, well, that's not really cool because he's supposed to be the one that brings balance to the Force. That's that's the call of the Skywalkers, you know? Right, right. I guess they kind of did that because Rey just calls herself a Skywalker, but that's right, not really... Right, perpetuating the idea that anyone can be a Skywalker as long as you fight for good, you know? It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's... That was lame. So... It's baloney. That's my main complaint. A little bit... A little bit of adjustments on both sides and you would have had an even more amazing movie. I Indeed. still really enjoyed it, but I just felt... It didn't feel like it fits with the canon. So Right, right, yeah. Oh man. I'm curious your thoughts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so so my thoughts, seriously, my thoughts are summed up in the like the first words that came to my mind after the movie was over. Like the first words that came to my mind were Oh my gosh. He did it. <laughs> like JJ Abrams did it. <laughs> he he made <laughs> an enjoyable ninth movie. Like he 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 did it. I just I was just I was so impressed and amazed that I was even interested in the movie at all. And after t- after listening to some stuff and talking to you about it and talking about it with my wife and my brother, here's my thought and what I think really doomed this movie, okay? Here's where I think this movie was doomed. Okay. It was the moment that they gave somebody else the job of directing the 8th movie, okay? I don't know why I can't conceive of what had happened. But if J.J. Abrams had directed all three, 
I think what would have happened is the the third movie would have felt a little bit less dense and a little bit less full of unexplored plot directions. Right. If he had been given an eighth movie to make, you know, it's like it, what it felt like to me was it's like, okay, there's seven and there's eight. And I hated eight. You know, I, I, I have no good feelings about eight at all. Um, <laughs> and then it feels like, okay, now JG Abrams is back on the train for number nine. And he's like, well, let's let's take what we had from number seven i got more ground to cover now yeah exactly he's like let's take what we have from number seven and then draw the lines through the important story points in number eight you know like we're just going to draw a straight line through it and go right to number nine you know we're not going to deal with anything else that came along with number eight and we're just going to talk about what happens in number nine what my story for for the eighth movie was and the ninth movie all in one you know i feel like if he had been given that extra two and a half hours he would have made a great movie I also feel like, he, like, I feel like he was being like, I don't, I don't know how to say this. Like, there was too many things pulling on him. Well, you could feel that a lot of the changes in the movie were very drastic, mm-hmm. like the Emperor Palpatine thing, um, General Hux, like suddenly being good. That was never explained. Yeah, just like he didn't want Kylo Ren to succeed. Like it was a very quick. Yeah, okay, they don't... I guess he's helpful now. Right. But they surely that would have been a theme he could have explored, like you said, if right. he had the eighth movie. I agree. Right. That's a very uh, good point. I just I just I harbor absolutely no bad feelings for that that guy and his role in making the ninth movie cuz I'm like, you know what? I think I think he did it. You know, I think he made a great movie given an enormous ridiculous set of constraints. Cuz cuz right. like the stuff that happens is just ridiculous and I don't think he would have done it that way anyway, you know. Oh man, can I just like can I just talk about stuff? Is that okay? We don't have a ton of time, but yes. I know, I know. I'll move fast. I'll Do move it. fast. Everyone hang Do on it. for a second. We're gonna go through we're gonna go through a couple of my thoughts. Okay, seriously, for the end. I don't know why they killed Kylo. I think Kylo Ren should have survived. I think Ray should have died. And I think Kylo Ren should have survived. It would have fit the title, it would have fit the movie, and it would have it would have fit his story arc, you know? Right. Well, and even this whole like thing of healing, yeah, that they did. It's like, oh, perfect. Oh, why does he have to die? I guess he gave his whole life force. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, she was dead. Yeah. Even I... you could see the flip of that. Like Kylo defeats the Emperor. He's incapacitated, and Rey has to give her life force to Kylo. Right. Right. I feel like that would have been more compelling ah, than the opposite. Personally, so much better. I was kind of bummed when it's like, oh, surprise, Rey survived. I'm like, what? No. Like, Kylo Ren is the Skywalker. The title is Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. Okay, but seriously, when they dropped the the Ray was a Palpatine, I was like, I was like, oh, what? Like, it totally blindsided me. Totally blindsided me. And I just, <laughs> oh, man, I just ate that up. That was great. Oh, it was so, so good. That, that didn't affect me quite as much because mm-hmm. I've heard theories on YouTube since number seven that she was a Palpatine. Oh, really? Yeah, that's been a theory online. So Man, part of me is like just a little suspicious. Like, did J.J. Abrams just like look for good theories on the <laughs> internet? And then be like, yep, we're going with that one. <laughs> we're gonna do that. that one's shocking to many people. We'll do that one. <laughs> that's fair. And that makes me glad I stayed off the internet about it. Because I have, I, I, I don't know. I was very glad to be surprised by that negative information. <laughs> it's true. It probably would have been better. For me too. Yes, yes. Whatever weird love triangle stuff was going on, so sick of it. Like, 
so sick of it. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. That's true. Like, can we just have a Star Wars movie? I just want action. I don't want love triangle weirdness. And this goes back to your point with if you had number eight, that probably mm-hmm. could have been established better. But I never mm-hmm. knew who was supposed to like who. Right. Like, yeah. is Ray going for um, Poe or Poe Darren or is she with Kylo right. or with Finn? Like, <laughs> right. Like, what's like Finn still going for Rose? Like, I don't understand what's going right, on. Right, right. It's like, it's like, is Finn interested in Ray, or are they just are they just on a galactic mission together? Like I just I just can't I just can't <laughs> understand what's going on. I don't think J.J. Abrams could have resolved it very clearly, anyways. So I no, don't, I think he just avoided the question. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Well, see, and that's one of those times where I think like he actually wasn't in charge of that part. You know, somebody else had him was pulling the strings behind that one, and that's why I feel like it was so disjointed and weird. Like it's like this doesn't right. belong here. I, I just I just it's like. I listened I listened to the Hello Internet about it and they went through all their criticisms and I was like, Yep, 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 yep. Like I agree with every criticism <laughs> I've ever heard of that movie. And at the end of the day, you know, I had a great time. I thought that the acting in number nine was the best acting out of any of them. Like they had the most interesting mm. things happening in number nine. Number eight the characters felt dead to me. And same with number seven. Like everyone just felt dead and stale and boring. Like Kylo Ren, mostly Kylo Ren and Rey to me just were just, they just weren't interesting. Like they just, they were not compelling in the seventh and eighth movies for me. And in number nine, they were all of a sudden, like they were finally, I don't know, given the right things to do (laughs) to be compelling. You know, I, that's fair. I thought it was visually spectacular. I thought that it was so stupid. Gosh, such a stupid movie. Because there was, like, the big reveal, right, on Exegol, where they're like, surprise, like, we have 100,000 million death-destroying Star Destroyers, (laughs) like, Star Killer-based Star Destroyers. I'm like, oh, my gosh. The the Hello Internet part about that I found really deeply funny. But but I think that's just... to listen to that. (laughs) Yes. It's, like, the stupidest thing they could have done. Like, I'm like... Like, this is a thing that everyone has a problem with, but mostly me. Like, I'm like, it's just silly. <laughs> like, it looked cool for a second. And then I was like, wait a second, what's going on here? Like, that's too many Star Destroyers. Like, I just wish for once that the, the main problem in Star Wars wasn't that they have a bigger ship <laughs> like, or a bigger <laughs> vehicle to destroy planets. Like, they got to get past that storyline <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I yeah yeah I agree. It's like there's just like a really quick clip of 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 one of the new super star destroyers blowing up a planet, and you're like, okay, great, awesome, moving on. Like, I'm bored of this. <laughs> right. right. I was bored of this. Like, surely, surely didn't get past that and having a fuel race with a star destroyer. Oh like, my god! Neither of those storylines work. We need something else that oh my god actually <laughs> feels intimidating and yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something that's actually interesting. <laughs> maybe maybe they could actually, you know, be floating in different directions. I would I for one would really appreciate if they were all sorts of directions instead of all the same direction. Like ah just ah. <laughs> Like can we explore space a little bit more, please, everyone? Like I would like I don't know. I don't could know. the could the Sith Lords have like a sabotage plan set up for once? Like intricate espionage right. and <laughs> More on the ground type people, you know, <laughs> instead of just lots and lots and lots of ships. We'll see. 
No, this is why they had to get destroyed. Because simply they had gone too crazy with building planet-destroying <laughs> weapons. They were like, fine, fine, we'll kill all of the Sith, and then we'll start over with new Sith, okay? Like, come on, guys. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll start over with a, a more creative set of Siths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, when, when Rey freaking stabs Kylo, oh, man, I was like, what? Like, oh, it got me so good. I was like, whoa. That whole set of scenes, I really enjoyed. I was afraid, like, the turn for Kylo uh-huh. might be too fast. Yeah. But, but I felt like they they handled that really well. Like oh, he, yeah. He kind of felt pretty natural in his switching to the, the good side, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. I I agree a hundred percent. I thought they yeah. It it I I wasn't grumpy with it, you know. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, this is this is how it is, you know. This is just right. he's he's finally just tired and, and and he's finally he can finally he has he's just done with it, you know. He just wants to move on and do something that's not horrible for once. Um <laughs> And he does, he's great. Except for except for his like stupid little ugh, I just wanted to smack him. I was like just because you're good now doesn't mean you can be funny during your final fight scene with all of your whatever Kylo's Raiders or whatever. <laughs> he like he like shrugs and like kind of does a silly thing a couple of times during that fight, and I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like no, okay. Don't you know that good side means more comedic? <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like I want him to translate. be. <laughs> I want him to be the beginning of number nine, Kylo. With the end of number nine, Kylo's intentions, you know? That's what I want. That's uh, this is so much the to same cold-faced, mm-hmm. deep intensity. Mm-hmm. Murderizing machine. Don't mess with me, Kylo. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. I thought it was so visually impressive that I just... So, much, so many parts of the movie, I was just like, this is pretty cool. Oh my gosh, this is cool. And the Stormtrooper? So you remember when, they bl- when, when Rey, like, blows up the transport... And they're like, oh, my gosh, we just killed Chewie. Right. That scene, I was like, oh, my gosh, did they just? Like, did they really just? I'm I, I'm both happy and sad that Chewie came back. Like, I was like, I was like, hooray, he's right. back. But, like, that was a really intense scene because of it, you know, because of right. because of the fact that, like, oh, my God. And, like, the Stormtrooper's reaction, I was just like, whoa, whoa dude. Like, like, he's finally, like acting you know he's finally like the character instead of somebody just like some random dude just playing some you know i feel like he finally right he was able to get in like not that even the actor did anything different just that he just felt more natural to me and i, I don't know light speed skipping okay stupidest thing i've ever seen so S- stupid <laughs> that's not how it works and even if it was how it works right. you don't you don't jump from planet to planet you jump from empty space to empty space because that's what light speed is for. You know, you, you do all these calculations right. so that you don't hit anything. Because if you hit anything at that speed, you die. Well, in all the old movies, too. I can't remember if they alluded to this or not. But, like, wasn't that the whole point to make sure they don't go into light speed because then you couldn't catch them? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I feel like once that was the whole point of all the tractor beams and stuff. Right. Like, make sure they don't get to light speed or else. Right, right. Well, will be able to get to them. Like. Number eight started to destroy that with like surprise. We can track you through lightspeed. You're like whatever. Like shut up. <laughs> like you guys have ruined an interesting part of Star Wars. Ah, uh, the last battle scene where they all the people showed up. It was so cheesy. I felt like cheese just like pouring on my head <laughs> and down my shoulders. I was like, oh my gosh, 
you couldn't have picked a more crappy craft whiz cheese yeah 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 with the little (laughs) shake camp just all over everything everyone in the theater just had one it was just spewing it all over me i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh is this really how you're gonna play this it just goes with the same silly premise that they always have because how are you gonna destroy a fleet that big unless you have a happy-go-lucky group of people that want to help you. you know? like, <laughs> yeah, funny. Funny, happy group of people. And, like, seriously, how did they even survive? I have no idea. Like, so, like, okay, yeah, the Star Destroyers, they can't move. They're stuck, okay? There were TIE Fighters, and and 10 million Star Destroyers worth of TIE Fighters? Like, I thought they were, like, right. an aircraft carrier. <laughs> like, I thought they had a bunch of those things, you know? And Star Destroyers still have, like, weapons on them. Yeah. They're not <laughs> yeah, just, like, yeah. flat objects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, and just... the other one that made me laugh was with this whole Exegol thing. I thought it was cool they kind of established this planet of the Sith, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was just sitting there going, who's driving all of those? <laughs> <laughs> There's, are, there, are there, like, crews on there? Like, have they yeah. just been sitting there right, for right, yeah. 30 years on Exegol? <laughs> like, do they not get any breaks? Like, right, right. It's like, what? what, what, what? Did they just get orders from the emperors to sit in this port for 30 years? Yeah. <laughs> something that happened? I don't know. Just... Wait for Kylo Ren to finally turn up? Like, ugh. Okay, and then like the 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 black dude and the girl that we find and all of her people, they're all like stormtroopers, right? Like kidnapped at childhood, brainwashed stormtroopers. Right. And then like one of my favorite complaints about the movie, why'd they go and murder so many stormtroopers? Like they're in that <laughs> they're in that star destroyer for so long and there's so many they just kill so many of them and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like can we please not?" That. But that, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Like who gets shot? Poe gets shot in the arm. It's like that's it with all those people. Like, come on, come on. Like, and and supposedly <laughs> they are all kidnapped children. Like, oh, they're child slaves. Like, maybe we shouldn't kill them all. You know, maybe maybe we should be a little <laughs> bit smarter about all this. Whatever, whatever. Well, they're probably assuming that the viewers are like me and will forget that fact <laughs> while they're watching the movie. <laughs> There was so much that I just, like, forgave just offhand during the movie. I was like, whatever. I don't care. This is a great movie. This is fun. Okay, one of my favorite parts. I think it might be my favorite part of the movie was 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 Sith Lord Rey when she, like, mm. speaks and just, like, smashes Rey. I was just like, whoa. Like, it's, 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 it's so right. short, and it's, but it's so, like, creepy and scary that I just, I, I really liked that part. <laughs> And I wish I wish they would have done more with that. I I just think that's interesting because that was one of the least favorite parts of my brother-in-law. So really, <laughs> yeah, why? I don't know why. Oh, I thought it was good. I I didn't wasn't like strongly either way. I was just like, oh, that's reminiscent of Empire Strikes Back, you know. But okay, yeah. I, I I don't know. I just it was so the whole movie was so cheesy and so weird. And there's all the weird new force stuff and. But I, I loved that they skipped eight. Like they just, to- j- he just totally skipped eight. <laughs> well, because eight's all about like squishing everything that seven was about. It's just it kills me. It's just, it's like this little right. petty fight, and I'm like, ah, oh, guys, can we just not have messed up the trilogy by giving it to someone else? You know, for a second. Right. Yeah. I feel like you can watch seven and then nine, mm-hmm. and not miss anything. Nope. I don't yeah. feel you will be lost on anything in the storyline. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I think I think he did a really good job. I think he did everything he needed to do. 
Yep. It is sad he didn't get a direct date. Yeah. And maybe in a distant future we'll get to make it the way it should have been. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with putting this one to rest. I and the other thing, one more sorry, one more thing that I really liked. I actually really liked the very ending scene with just the double sunset and Ray and BBA just sitting there. I was just like, wow, what a cool looking thing to end on, you know? Like, what, right. a, what a nice, what a nice way to end it. Like, I wish Ren, Kylo Ren was standing there instead of Ray, but like, whatever. Or they would just end with that before she says the stupid, oh my god, Skywalker. If you would just end with that, I, I would have been satisfied with that too. If you just like cut at uh-huh. the varying of the lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It would have felt more complete than her saying Ray Skywalker because it takes the focus off of the amazing storyline that's been nine movies. Right. Instead, turns it to her. Like, right. Oh, exactly. What's the point now? Okay. Okay. Another question. Why'd she sled down that thing into that place? Like she sat her butt on a sled that was made out of a door <laughs> and slid down into that place where, where, where Luke used to live. Like I was just, I was like, you have feet. Like we're not three. Like I'm not a child. Walk down there. Gosh, dang it. Like don't slide. It's like, it's like a 10 foot hill. Like you'll be fine to walk. <laughs> Man, it <laughs> where where's your comedic good side intuition here, Aaron? I oh. you, gotta, you gotta have the fun loving good hero uh, in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have been. But fine. it should have been Kylo Ren and Ray riding tandem. Honestly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Nothing more. I don't think I would have disliked anything more than them getting hitched. After both of one of them saving both of their lives, you know, I, I would have just been like, whatever, guys, whatever. It's just stupid. I'm done. You know, <laughs> like one of you has to die. Somebody has to die. We killed all the Sith. Someone has to die. So they're supposed to be balance, right? Balance. <laughs> all right. I think we should call it good, my friend. I think you're right. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> we we have talked a lot about movies. Indeed. Be done for the time being. Yes. Until episode 10 comes out. I have... uh, No. What? No. (laughs) What? (laughs) 